And then your confidence start building and then you start networking with other real estate investors that are local to you or maybe you find them on LinkedIn or you, you meet them at a conference and you say what they're doing and then they're, they're, they're doing big projects. They're like, oh, I, I could do this too. So I'm at, I'm at that point where anyone, I could do anything anybody else can. I, I, I proved that as far as the net lease stuff from starting it with just a little bit amount of money, a little bit of marketing money to done, doing over a hundred million dollars within five years and doing it from my basement. You know, and, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I remember closing a deal while I was on vacation and I was seeing the, the wire come in and I was giving my wife a high five and like, you know, I, I like, I like this. I like this. I know I can do it. Hey, this is your host, Dan Wynn, and welcome to the Financial Freedom Journal, where we talk real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned with successful real estate entrepreneurs to help you on your journey to financial freedom. If you find value in this episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend. Lastly, make sure to follow the Financial Freedom Journal Real Estate Investing Group on Facebook. We're building a community that's dedicated to helping you transact your next deal. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Dan Wynn with the Financial Freedom Journal. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Dwayne Clark. Um, he has a lot going on. He has a, a three-time author. He um, invests a uh, commercial real estate broker. Um, but I'll go ahead and let you kind of give, give your own bio because you, you have a lot going on. So... Uh, please, would you mind introducing yourself, telling a little bit about what you do and where you're from? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you again, Dan, uh, for being on your show. Um, looking forward to the discussion. But yeah, I'm a real estate investor, a real estate broker and syndicator. I primarily stick to single tenant net lease properties. That's kind of been my bread and butter. And also dabble in as well as in a multifamily space. Um, so for the, uh, single tenant stuff, we, we've done over a hundred million within five years, clients almost in about close to 40 States deals from ranging from fast food restaurants to large pharmacies, to large medical, to large office buildings. So we kind of had a pretty diverse, um, array of investments that we've um, been involved in. I'm also invested as a limited partner in some of these deals with my clients and uh, other fellow uh, passive investors. And like I said, we also are, I'm also a host of the Wealth Through Real Estate Investing podcast, which is a weekly podcast, which we interview individuals like, like Dan, other fellow investors that specialize in different um, strategies of real estate and wealth creation. And we just love kind of getting people together with the same mindset that can offer a lot of advice and uh, value to uh, other investors that want to get into that space as well. Great, uh, excellent bio. I see you got the books back there. Um, can you can you uh, kind of show those on the screen for for the subscribers? Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm also I have three books. Um, one is uh, Apartment Building Wealth, uh, which I wrote probably about five six years ago, which is focusing on building wealth through apartments and kind of like a how to on how to get involved in with in it. Uh, the second one is um, the Real Estate IRA is for people that are looking to utilize a self directed IRA to get into um, passive investments as well as other type of business ventures. And then my last one, which is um, the real estate mailbox money, which is kind of like my main, like my larger focus of single tenant and net lease properties. And mailbox money is kind of the, 
the kind of the buzzword that's used for it because it's really a really a passive investment. You buy into it and you just continuously get that rent check each month. So you know it's getting that mailbox money, that check in, in the in the mail every single month. So that's something that people like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> while you're sleeping, making the money while you're sleeping. Exactly. I think Warren Buffett was one of that that uh, kind of coined that quote. Uh, if you can't figure out a, if you can't figure out a way to make money while you're sleeping, then you'll work forever. So uh, I think that's exactly. cool. And you talk about your self-directed IRA. Um, that is a I think that's a very underutilized uh, tool that a lot of uh, people have it there have that they can use that they just don't know how to use it. So um, for anyone li listening out there, if you have money in your 401k, um, I know uh, your book describes how to invest with your 401k and through your 401k uh, to where you can, you know, uh, continue to grow more wealth uh, with your 401k that you already have. So that's, that's awesome. That's great. Absolutely. Right, so how did you get started? Where, where did it all start at uh, real estate where this whole real estate thing, what, you know, where, where'd you, where'd you start at? It's a pretty long journey. I would say uh, it kind of started. I always had a passion to learn about real estate uh, I'm probably the same with many investors who found the purple book, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, along with a lot of stuff. I, I could see it. I could see it back there in your, your big library. You know, it's probably lost because of all the other books. Um, but yeah, I just started with reading, um, you know, starting out in corporate America and had a job that was like probably an hour and a half away. So I had so much time. So I decided to buy all these audio books. And that's really where it kind of got me motivated and listen to different strategies. You know, some being in the car for almost three hours a day, I, was, I end up, you know, reading almost like probably 25 audio books at that time. And uh, I just got hooked. And uh, so I call it, you know, uh, you know, Automobile University. So I end up getting like an MBA in real estate um, through there. Um, so through there, I just kind of learned different strategies. And at that time, I found a couple local, um, real estate association meetings. And I started going to that and learning different stuff, running a creative real estate, got into the house flipping game, um, found like a kind of a mentor slash partner at the time. And we did about 30 deals our first year, buying, fixing, flipping. So I learned about like the foreclosures, marketing. You know, I was, I remember the days when I'm putting up signs three, four o'clock in the morning with the, with the staple gun. You know, you know, with but you know, with the hoodies on and stuff, and we do it until the police says, "Okay, you're done for the night." They know that we're out there trying to make our money. We're hustling, but it, you know, they'll they'll give us a little bit of leeway, and then we'll get a call from the city saying, "You got to take down the signs." But they work, you know. So, so we did that for a while, and then kind of advanced, and I just kind of got tired of for the little rehab projects. I used to be in these houses till one, two o'clock in the morning with the contractors. And just like, you know, the sawdust and the, like, I mean, it's a good business. You know, I, I, yeah, I learned a lot and, but that's kind of not what I wanted to do. Got my broker's license, my real estate license, wanted to learn on the sales side and then eventually get into the multifamily, did property management. And then what really key for me to get into single family, single tenant at least was uh, one of my clients that I sold a couple apartment buildings was is the, he's like, I'm getting all this money from a CVS pharmacy and then he had a Walgreens and all this. I was like, I didn't know you can actually buy that stuff. Yeah. I didn't, I thought that they, you know, they owned the building, they did all their stuff, but those, you know, their business models based off of, of renting and leasing to other, you know, for, for landlords. So I started learning about that and then kind of focus on that. And then the way I wanted to live my life 
uh, you know, starting a young family is that now I can do this business at home. So and all I need is a laptop, a phone, and I'm working with clients, you know, internationally as well as people all over the country and working on these deals. Then I got more on the passive side and started investing alongside with my clients. And then now kind of took it from there. So yeah, it was, it was quite a journey. Um, you know, when it, wouldn't change anything for the world. It's just so many small stuff it, it, it takes to get to this point. But, you know, that's, that's how it is with working and starting any business, you know. So glad, glad to take the journey. Yeah, that's phenomenal. We talk about financial freedom journey, the journey. And you kind of, you kind of went through the gamut with your journey. You said you did wholesale, you did uh, flipping. You pretty much did every aspect of, of real estate investing that you could do. And you, you, it seems like you settled on your niche, the triple net lease. Um, and we'll kind of dive into that a little bit uh, for, for those of, who are unfamiliar with the triple net lease uh, strategy. But uh, one thing that you said I really, really like, and I'm going to start using is the automobile university. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I, I'm a big audio, audio book fan as well. So um, I think that's another tool that a lot of people are underutilizing. Um, instead of, you know, just listening to music on their commute, they can easily just pop in a book and like retain mm -hmm. some knowledge, get some, like actually grow. Uh, while they're while they're on their commute versus you know just listening to music and things so that's that's phenomenal so kind to um, going back into the triple net lease can you explain what that is for I, you kind of touched on it but can you give a a, a very a very um, ex, can you give an example of what that is and what that looks like kind of define that please absolutely yeah so uh, a triple net lease agreement is an agreement with one tenant. Uh, that you know just that occupies that building it could be industrial office retail fast food casual dining medical um, uh, government a whole bunch of array of different tenants they occupy one building and and that's it they pay you the lease and in many structures you have an absolute triple net lease where the tenant is responsible for the the taxes insurance maintenance cam charges um, all the different rays of it, and then minus all that, you get the rent check. So that's a good, very passive investment for investors where they'll buy into one of these properties and then they'll just get the rent check each month. There's some other structure where it's a double net where the landlord's just responsible for the, the roof or the structure of the parking lot. But for many cases, and in my particular case, I only dealt with just absolute triple nets where the tenant was responsible for everything. And that's what my tenants, my uh, investors like, because they can be living in California and own a property in Florida. They can own a property in New York City. They can own a property in Texas. So we really target the best locations, the best tenants, and then they just really just lay back and just get that, that rent check. Uh, comparatively to other different types of investments, like an apartment, where you can kind of force appreciation, it's a little bit more flexibility in your investment. This is really, really passive. So like the, the lease term is, is typically 10, 20 years. Um, and then it has like its incremental rental increases that are built in. Maybe it's 10% uh, rental increases every five years or annual increases. Uh, so you know that set in stone that can happen compared to an apartment where the lease agreement is a year and then you can bump it up, you know, 13% or 5% or you base off the market. Uh, but here is really set in stone. So it's really passive. So it's a good alternative for um, capital preservation. People who's doing 1031 exchanges into uh, a really uh, active, really 
heavy duty investment that they don't want to deal with anymore. They just want to go into the passive side or they just want to just place some, some idle cash and just put it into something and just have it work for them instead of it sitting into a bank and earning a very low amount on a CD or, or something like that. So it's a good option. So typically, um, typically you're looking at lower cap rates with the triple net lease just because of the stability that it offers, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a long-term lease. It's a set tenant. You can't really uh, mess around with the lease agreement once it's set in place. So, like I said, it's a different option from from uh, from apartments. But what I always tell my my clients and in, in investors is to diversify your investments. You have some triple net lease agreements, uh, triple net lease properties. You have some apartments. You have some self storage. You do some fix and flips. So you have money coming in for different strategies. You know, coming in all the time, and especially depending on your lifestyle. A lot of my uh, investors are older in age. So they just don't want to deal with, you know, having to deal with a property manager or deal with the asset manager. So they own these and they just know that that cash flow is going to be coming in consistently year in and year out. And you can pass it on to your kids who may not have no interest in real estate whatsoever. That's a perfect type of give. I've dealt with so many uh, estate type of um, investment structures where they have kids that they have you know, no interest at all, but they want to make sure that they have real estate in their portfolio coming in, getting the tax benefits, getting that cash flow each month. So as many different options and um, benefits of owning them. Yeah, legacy wealth. And the, the thing that I really like about the triple net lease, especially the absolute triple net lease is you're not doing anything. It's like, that's ultimate passivity. I think that's a phenomenal. I looked into it a couple of years ago. I was, I was uh, talking to some friends about it. So really, really like that strategy, especially you talk about diversifying. Um, you know, we never really know what the economy is going to look like, especially now. There's a lot of people saying that we're at the, we're close to, we've got to be nearing the peak of um, another market cycle. And I, and I, I, I agree as well. Um, and that's one way to uh, combat that by diversifying, especially using the triple net lease strategy. So I, I think that's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, can you talk us through like an example deal or maybe one of your, let, let's talk your first deal. What was your first deal like as far as in the triple net lease uh, world and what did that look like? Can you kind of give us some of the numbers, just an example um, of what it was for you and some of the lessons you learned throughout that as well? Yeah, yeah. So I did a, a DaVita dialysis center. They're one of the uh, number one dialysis providers um, in the world. Uh, I think it's, I forget how many multi-billion dollar um, cap there are. So it's a very large company. They have locations nationwide all over the place. And so my client was doing a 1031 exchange, was getting out of a land um, investment, which was earning nothing at all. So he said, I'm going to put into a dialysis center, which at, at that period of time was yielding about a six cap. So it was total cash deal. I had some cash laying around, so we actually structured the deal where I put in some cash with him as well. Uh, so it's really, we just got a straight 6% return on that with 10% rental increases every five years. So that's doing good. And like I said, I have some other smaller ones and some medical office. I kind of like that, that industry and a couple small fast foods as well. Um, and I've done a couple structures with some small interests and some McDonald's um, uh, corporate leases as well. So those actually worked out very um, good for us as well. So yeah, so I have my hands dipped into to many pots and stuff. And, and the thing with the if you're buying like a deal of cash, you know, you know exactly what you're going to come out with as far as returns. Um, most of the deals I've done has been cash investors. So they'll, they'll go buy in 
So as far as like dealing with mortgages, which we've, we've dealt with before, but I haven't any uh, investments in those right now. Wow, that's that's awesome. I didn't even know McDonald's uh, used that strategy. I, I I thought, I mean, Ray Kroc, one of the biggest things he, he said was, uh, it's not just, he's he's not in the burger business, he's in the, the real estate business. Like, exactly. You know, all the the land underneath his restaurant so that's actually that's actually surprising i did not know that mcdonald's uses that strategy that the, the cool thing about it is that the places that we we shop eat get entertainment at um get our closing is like there are so many tenants out there that are under this type of lease structure uh i mean it's just a benefit for them to not have a lot of ownership of properties on their books is that they it's a it's a easier option for them as a, as a business. Um, and an advantage for us is we get to become the landlord of them. So McDonald's have, of course, their franchise model, which, you know, people, like I said, Ray Kroc is really in the real estate business. That's all totally separate. So we're not buying those, but we're actually buying the, the corporate locations where oh. corporate owns these locations. They're operating them. They have their own staff and everything. And then they lease those out and then the landlord could take over and, and uh, be the owner of that property. So that's a little difference there. Same with Taco Bell's, same with um, Bank of America, um, same with, uh, you know, Arby's, you know, anything like there's a major iconic brand you see out there. You know, those are in the, also in the triple net lease space as well. So I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah, it goes pretty deep. And then there's, there's uh, also, you can be able to purchase franchises, Compared to, well, McDonald's, they don't offer that, but say, where I made an example of Arby's, they have franchisees that may own 28 locations. They can also then sell the real estate to a, a landlord and they can own it and they can structure it that way as well. So there's many different, you know, layers to the onion that, that you can get into this type of business. And then when I'm advising my clients, I, you know, I always talk about get a great tenant with a good track record, good location and all of the different intrinsical values of that piece of real estate at that location. So it gets really deep, but again, there's so many benefits to it. But um, like I said, there's, there's many layers to it. So now let's talk about what everybody loves to hear. Some of the hard times, some of the uh, the lessons learned through, maybe not just that triple net lease, but one of your other deals that you may have done uh, in the past. Yeah, I mean, being involved in so many different stuff, I had my, you know, my hand in the pot of many different stuff from the fix and flips, wholesaling, you know, dealing with the foreclosures and um, property management and the brokerage. So it's like I can go down to many, many different lines uh, and as well as 10 different, different businesses I try starting. So I was like, I got a, a stack of 100 business cards that, that I've, you know, from the different businesses I started. So uh, one that probably come to mind is the fix and flip stuff, you know, because when you go into a project, you, you know, you know, fully know what, you know, what your expenses will be until the project gets done. You know, sometimes you overestimate, you underestimate. Uh, so I, we did projects in Western Massachusetts um, where we tried to skim the cat a little bit by hiring our own contractors and running our own team compared to kind of getting like a actual legit general contractor. And then many times you would get burned if stuff don't go out your way. You end up picking up materials from contractors, hiring contractors that have personal problems that don't come to work. <laughs> so, so it is, it's so I have many, many different stories. But yeah, my main thing that I learned is that I, I wouldn't take it back for the world. Just 
you just gotta you gotta keep running with it. You know, we we live a long life. Um, money is probably the fastest thing you can get back, but the time you can never get back. So sometimes I would kind of get hard on myself and say, maybe I should have done this different big, but you know, again, you got to jump in, you got to jump in the game and you got to do something. If not, you're going to, you get left behind 10 years later. You can be like, man, I should have did something, you know, just do something. You know, that's the biggest key that I learned. I love that. I really, really do love that. Now, you said you've started several businesses already. You said you got a stack of 100 different business cards, which is, uh, which is awesome. And I think that's one thing that um, a, lot of, a lot of people listening um, or maybe not, are not listening, but people get too caught up on taking a loss. They think that, you know, if I take a loss, it's over for me. That's it, you know. But just like you said, you got you, you to gotta try something. You got to start somewhere. You got to try something. Um, and if you, if you mess up, you learn a lesson from it and you can continue on. It's going to make you stronger um, so that you can eventually end up pretty much where you're at right now. And, you know, you, you, you got to work through these things, a process. So um, I love, love that you said that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just the key on that. I mean, it's just, as you get older, you get wiser, you learn more stuff. I'm, I'm more calculated in my risk taking. I know myself more, but you know, it built up to that point where you, you get those experiences in life. And then you, you can, you just move forward. But, you know, the constant education, you can see my little library, I'm always adding in stuff, always learning stuff. Every time I'm in the car, I always have an audio playing subconsciously. Like if I'm not really listening to it, I know like it's, it's sinking in there. I try to be positive. I'm, I'm, you know, always talking to people, people like you, networking with people, just learning things and just being self-aware of your situation and just constantly trying to improve yourself is just kind of like the, the thing that helped me a lot, you know, I got a long way to go continuously, you know, now I got a young family and stuff and it's just, you just always got to move forward and, and make something happen. Right. Definitely right, man. Um, so we talked about, we talked about, you know, th the reasons why you're doing it. Um, you you kind of touched on some of them, you know, you have a family now and you're trying to build for them. Um, this is all about, I'm assuming, you know, generational wealth, building legacy wealth for your family. And you touched on it uh, before as well, that you can pass something on to your kids and um, uh, an easy, an easy passive income source. Um, so what is outside of, outside of that, uh, what does financial freedom really mean to you? And how, how long do you think it's going to take for you to, to actually hit that mark for you? Yeah. Financial freedom for me is just really to the point where we can, I would say, you know, I, I just want my family to be set. That's my, my, my big motivation. Uh, I want to be able to, to be the point where my kids, my daughter and my son can, if they want, take over the business. Uh, me and my business partner, we always talk about, we like want to get a, tons of properties, pay them all off, having cash flow coming in and just, you know, put our kids to kind of run it so we can kind of lay back. We won't be able to ability. My wife is from Europe to be able to travel anytime we want. Um, we want to improve our physical lives, eat the best foods, have the best experiences. So we want to kind of fine tune the stuff that, you know, as we were younger, we wish we had and then bring that for our children. So as Rex says, really about my child, I want them to have the best education. Um, you know, so it's a, every single thing though that is just motivated on that, that pretense is just passing on to the next generation and the family. Uh, we've got a pretty large family between here and Jamaica and Florida you know, you always want to be able to find ways to help them out. And, you know, you have conversations with your friends. You want to make sure that they're set. You know, it's like everyone want to move forward, you know. So, like, you want to help everybody, you know. 
but you want to do it the best way and the, uh, the most uh, uh, um, positive way um, you know, possible. You're right. And that, that definitely family, family, friends, um, all that stuff really keeps you focused and, and keeps you uh, on track to doing what you, what you're, what you're passionate about, which is, which is real estate. So uh, let's talk about some of the maybe more recent things. What, what are you getting into now? What are you trying to uh, move into? Are you still sticking with only triple net lease? Are you, are you diversifying out? Um, what, what's your plans? Yeah. So the plan is uh, to diversify more into the multifamily space. Uh, as you know, like so there are many benefits of the net lease world, um, but it has its limitations as far as kind of like you know, how, how far you can stretch your yield there. Uh, so I'm a big advocate of the diversification. A lot of my investors, they, they own self stores, they own apartments. So now we're looking at larger projects now and syndicating those deals. Uh, so recently we've been like looking at a couple projects, how the numbers work out, bring them to our investors, see if those make sense. And now that we all this time now doing the brokerage and saving up the cash, now I have my war chest ready to go so I can be able to take advantage of those opportunities. And like I said, just being smart about it and looking at what deals is there. But we see now in the next five to 10 years to increase our holdings in the net lease space uh, in conservatively on, on select deals. But my, not only you know, focusing on this multifamily stuff that can give you a really good return on your money and uh, really be able to scale it, especially when you're syndicating it. Definitely. So moving into syndication, moving into uh, the multifamily. What um, I, can you kind of walk us through that? What would someone be looking at? Let's say I'm trying to get started in apartment investing. Um, what are some of the steps that I need to take in order to put myself in a position to um, to buy my first apartment? You talked you talked syndication a little bit, bringing other partners. I think a lot of people think that you know apartment buildings are kind of bought by one person. Can you kind mm -hmm. of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, and sometimes it seems kind of intimidating because it you know looks like a big property in. And then this, like, sometimes there's a lot of, I say, let me just go stick with a single family and kind of start small. That's, a, that's an option as well. And if you want to do that, but it really comes down to your, your goal um, and the like, type of lifestyle you want to live in, in my perspective, is that if you want to be, you know, a truly passive, you can jump into the larger deals. You just have to find a way to bring value to a deal. Either you're finding it, you're finding the money, you're putting in some of your money, you're putting in the sweat equity, you're structuring the deal. Uh, so there's many ways you can be able to partner up, find another sponsor that can bring in, you know, the, uh, the mortgage, bring in the, uh, the, 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 you know, the ability to sign on the deal, um, bring in some other capacity and then put a team together and then take down a deal. And that's where kind of the position where I kind of got started in some of those stuff. Um, but as far as if you want to take it to buying a single family flip, fix and flip where I started, because uh, my belief at that time was you have to start there before you go to the bigger stuff. And there's some, there's some good argument for that as well. So it really comes down to what you really want to do, but there's no limit that you should have to start here in order to get to there. You can actually start going big if you want, or if you have $10,000, you can just put your money into a limited, you know, limited partnership and just get a good return there. Uh, so there's so many different options now, uh, especially now there's so much information it's uh, not like the, the 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 rich real estate investors passing on the information to just a select few amount of people. You can just start watching your show. You can start going on bigger pockets. You can start watching, uh, listening to podcasts. So like now that there's so much information now, people can you know get into you know different stuff. 
the changes with the uh, the SEC laws now, you can be able to bring in crowdfunding. Types of, yeah, crowdfunding and and bring in uh, non-accredited to accredited investor, depending on the type of uh, structure you use. So it's like it's so much opportunity now, and it's like you know, sky's the limit. So it's really got you know, what do you want to do in life? You learn everything about it, and you just you just start and get and get started. Yeah, yeah, I think you're definitely right. Um, one thing I've noticed is that even though there's so much opportunity out there, there's so much free information out there, a lot of people aren't really taking advantage of that. Um, what do you think that, do you have a, an idea to what that is? I'm sure you've probably dealt with it. You've tried to maybe talk to some, some coworkers or friends or family or something like that, kind of describing what you're doing, but um, it kind of goes one in the ear and out the other, you know? So uh, what, what do you think? Do you have any, any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, yeah, that's always an interesting conversation too. You know, like you, uh, it's, it's, it seems like this stuff is out there. Why are not people taking action on it? I don't know if, I don't know if it's the distraction of other things or it's just the lack of focus, um, limiting belief. But for me, it's, uh, it's the self-confidence and the limiting belief um, portion of it. And for me, that helped get me to that next level was starting to read books of like the, the Robert Kiyosaki's of the world, the Grant Cardone's, um, the different types of successful investors. So whoever is the most successful, I'll go buy their book. I'll go check them out on, on YouTube, listen to their podcast. And then all of a sudden you, your mind starts to open up like, I, I, could, I could do this. And then your confidence start building. And then you start networking with other real estate investors that are local to you, or maybe you find them on LinkedIn or you, you meet them at a conference. And you say what they're doing, and then they're they're, they're doing big projects. They're like, oh, I, I could do this too. So I'm at I'm at that point where anyone I could do anything anybody else can. I I, I proved that as far as the net lease stuff from starting it with just a little bit amount of money, a little bit of marketing money, to done doing over a hundred million dollars within five years, and doing it from my basement. You know, and <laughs> I, you know. Uh, and then, you know, I remember closing a deal while I was on vacation, and I was seeing the the wire come in, and I was giving my wife a high five, and like, you know, I, I like, I like this, I like this, I know I can do it, and she was always supportive and say, I know you can do it, I can, I know you can do it, and it's just like the support system, and then hanging around people who you know will will push you, you know, sometimes I had to leave a bunch of my my party friends who just didn't get it, they just was always negative, always talking junk. You know, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I just had to leave them alone. You know, you know, find my wife and just start concentrating, stop going out partying, stop hanging out, started reading more, started focusing, and then things just started bloom. Now everybody's want to call me, like, hey D, <laughs> can we meet? Can we talk? Hey, it's too late, man. I'm I'm, I'm busy now. You know, so it's uh, it, it just really comes down to, you know, knowing when you want it and just going out and getting. So. Glad I took that approach. Absolutely, absolutely love that response. Love that that entire response because I've, I've I think every person that's had uh, that has had any even the 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 littlest bit of success um, has dealt with the same thing. Especially when you're starting off, you haven't done it before. You get a lot of people that are forcing their own limiting beliefs on you, saying that because they can't imagine themselves doing something, they're like, no, might not want to do that. Probably shouldn't do that. You know, don't don't go that route. Um, and, th and then people don't typically, it seems like people don't typically believe in you until, you know, you actually, you actually kind of prove yourself and that's unfortunate, but, um, the best we can do is continue to put out the information and try to inspire others to do, uh, to, to get, you know, to, 
to get that first deal done. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of what you're saying um, kind of I attribute at least what I've done and I'm assuming what you've done to uh, to your mindset, like in the the mentality that you have, you're getting rid of limiting beliefs, you're educating yourself, building the confidence, and then you actually go out and execute something. Regardless if, if it's even the that one deal, the very small deal, it doesn't matter how big it is, it's just the the proof of concept. You know that you can do it now. And then you can easily that just snowballs effects to the next deal and the next deal and the next deal. I think it's that's amazing. Just getting through that first, just pushing through that first round of negativity through friends and family, pushing through that first round of self-doubt. Uh, as soon as you get through that cloud, then, you know, you're, you're standing on top of the mountain. You can see everything, all these unlimited possibilities. So um, I think that's great. And I think. It's, it's all, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's all the mindset, even if it's a small deal to a large deal. It's all numbers. It's, it's, it's the same thing. A real estate transaction from a small thing takes the same amount of effort to be buying a larger deal. It may take a little bit of time, a little bit of work, but for the most part, it's the same thing. But it really is. It's all the mindset, and it's uh, and at, at times people struggle with it because you you know it's a, a big wave. So it's like the, you have to try to keep constant, keep positive, keep flowing in information, keep talking to people, keep seeing the proof of concept, and it's gonna happen. And then once you get that first one, you're gonna you're gonna get that that thirst. You're gonna, you're gonna keep going, keep going. I gotta get more of it, you know, and uh, you keep moving forward. And it's nice to also have uh, accountability. You know, you have you have a network. You know, you do a meetups, you do have conversations like this, and you, you tell them like this is my goals, and you can, and then you call them in another month and say, Hey, did you do what you say you was gonna do? You know? And that and then that kind of pushes you compared to hanging around people where they won't they won't mention it to you. They'll kind of let it go, you know. So my wife she sees my, my open schedule on my calendar. Hey babe, you got a you got a podcast, you got a meeting here, you gotta make this call. Did you do it? Oh, I make sure I do it. So I, it's, you know, she keeps me accountable to make sure the money coming in, you know, so make sure we, we want to move to Florida. We want to go on vacation. Make sure put your work in. You'll, you can do it. You can get it done. So that's how it is. You're right, man. You're right. Get, get on. Um, so what advice do you have for anybody who is, um, who's just starting off or somebody who has some limiting beliefs or anything like that? Do you have any advice for them? What, what would you say to someone like that? I would just say, you know, pick up any book, um, you know, just, just, you know, start on maybe an online forum, talk with an investor like yourself, uh, go to a local meeting, just kind of get your feet wet to kind of see what's out there. Cause there's so many options that you can choose from. You can start in that lease, you can start an apartment, you can start a house flipping, the, you know, the birth strategy, a whole bunch of different stuff you can do. So it comes down to what your lifestyle that you want. Um, and align it with the particular strategy that's out there uh, and then go learn everything about it. Uh, I interviewed a, a, a land investor, a land flipper guy, and I had no idea that was, that was a big thing. And he's, he's made millions of dollars doing it. And people just, all they do is land or all they do is net lease and all they do is apartments or all they do is fix and flip. And they just want to, they just know everything. When I'm starting out with anything that I want to learn, I go find who's the best in the industry i find all their youtube videos i save them all i find all their articles i you know i print them all out make a little big book and i buy all their books and i just read out i listen to the podcast um you know i find the audio put on a cd put into the car and i'll just engulf myself for like a whole month and then after a month i'm just like 
surprising, like how much much I learned from it. And it's like, and then it kind of takes me to the next level. Then I just start taking the action, and then just kind of learning all along the way, and things get better. And then I take the next one. So yeah, for people starting out, just find out what you want to do, find out what kind of lifestyle you like, and then align yourself with the particular person that that's the best in the industry or a particular source or if it's a mentor or, or, or a course and just 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 do it and then you start to kind of engulf yourself in it and then you learn it like any other skill because all this stuff that we're doing the real estate it's all just a skill we learn how to do it and then you execute it and then you get better and then you get bigger and then get you know and you make a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right so um where where can my subscribers get in contact with you? Where where can we uh, reach out to? We know you have the uh, the podcast, Wealth of Real Estate Investing. Uh, we got we got the books out there. Uh, where can my subscribers reach out to you um, and to learn more about you or, or continue to follow you and what you're doing? Absolutely, like yeah, the the podcast is available on all listening platforms, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, everywhere you can get your local podcasting. I have a YouTube channel. Just um, just type in my name there. Uh, the books are available on Amazon. Um, you can you know pick those up um, you know, on LinkedIn pretty actively. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a message. Uh, if you're interested in buying a triple net lease property, you're an investor, uh, you want to get into those types of investments at buytriplenetproperties.com. That's buynnproperties.com. Or if you want to look at the type of projects that we're, we're involved in to be a possible investor, and just we have a free webinar, just informational only and investingdoneforyou.com, which is all typed out. I will have all of those links right below his, uh, right below his pictures right there. And then also, if you look in the, the show notes, you'll see those as well. Just click on the little, the little bar and you'll see everything that was just mentioned there. So we'll make sure we have that posted so we can get some people uh, funneled through you and um, continue to follow you and, uh, and hopefully invest. You know, So we talk about uh, getting those first time investors out there. If you're listening to this and you haven't taken action on anything, there's a lot of there's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of a lot of opportunity out there, and uh, Dwayne can definitely help you see those opportunities and and take and take advantage of those opportunities. So, be great. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. But um, do you have any other final words for for the subscribers out there? Anyone listening? Yeah, like I said, just just go out there and just get educated. You know, listen to your your podcast platform, your online channel, and find other information out there. It's just, we're so blessed now to have the access to information that, you know, before we used to be just in the textbook or you had to go to the library, which I had to do back in the day. I used to just live in a library. But yeah, it's just so much information out there. Find out what you really want to do. It may not be real, so you may really want to be a business person. There's so much information out there. Just engulf yourself into it. Continue to build that confidence and sky's the limit. And Great. That's great words. Great words. I can't really add much on to that. Um, so uh, with that said, that's pretty much it. Hey, if you're liking these the videos, if you're liking my interviewers here, please do me a favor. Hit that like button. Um, if you're finding value out of what we're putting out here, uh, do me a favor and subscribe to the channel. Also, please make sure to look up uh, Mr. Dwayne Clark and, and all of his uh, links below. Uh, he does have a podcast out as well. It'd be great if you guys go check that out. It's some great content. I've listened to I think three or four of the shows, uh, they're very, very in-depth um, on what what the topics are. So they talk triple net leases, talk apartment investing, talk tax strategy. Um, there's, there's a lot of great, uh, great episodes out there, and I really enjoyed the podcast. 
Um, also, he's got his YouTube channel as well. Like I said, it'll be down there. So please um, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, the like button, leave a comment. If you have any questions, either one of us will be sure to answer that question. And uh, that's it. Stan Wynn signing out. Thank you very much again for, uh, for coming on the show with me. I really, really do appreciate that. Yeah, thank you again. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk with you. And like I said, love sharing the stories and information with you all the time. And God bless to you. And thank you again for serving. Thank you. Thank you. As Dan Wynn signing out.